What makes a proper villain? Close your eyes and think. Is it the nefarious plans, the unlimited resources, or the downright evil in their minds? On this podcast, we're going to take you through our favorite proper villains, through books, nonfiction, spies, and more. Now sit back, relax, and let's get villainous. Welcome back to Proper Villains. I'm Robin Englehart Bagley, and I'm really excited about witches, so I'm even wearing my witch's hat. She's not lying, guys. I'm Caitlin Bagley, and I, I've always thought your witch hat isn't pointy enough. I don't know why. Well, it's not super pointy. It's kind of meant not to be. It's it's like a it's it's also not very tall, so it's it's kind of an understated. It's an understated witch's hat. We might have to put it in the picture with these covers. Yes. Yes, we may have to do that. So so as you probably guessed, we're talking about witches today. The Witches of New York. Yes, by Amy McKay. And this is like one of the very few books set in Golden Age or Gilded Age New York yes. that I actually like. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not a fan of Gilded Age novels ever. Well, I think that's also because while this is the Gilded Age of New York, they're not particularly living in it. Yeah. They're sort of peripheral to that. Yeah. So. They're not the uh, high rise. Yeah. They, they rub elbows with the very wealthy. Because but... they're their fortune tellers. Yeah. <laughs> so so our, our characters are uh, two witches that own a shop called Tea and Sympathy, and their names are Eleanor St. Clair and Adelaide I don't know. It looks like thome or tome, depending on how you pronounce it. T-H-O-M. Yeah. In the audiobook, they pronounce it Tom. Tom? Okay. Yes, because I, since it's been years since I've read this, I listened to the audiobook and mm-hmm. the author does not read it, but the voice actor said Tom. Oh, okay. All right. That answers that question. So uh, we have, they're, you know, they're running this shop and some people don't like them. But they have a lot of business from women that, you know, want some help with various things. Yes, from not being able to sleep to maybe, depends on the spectrum. Do they want their husband to be more loving, less loving? Mm-hmm. Do they want to have kids or not? Mm-hmm. Eleanor's teas kind of just range the whole thing because she's almost like an apothecary of a tea shop. Yeah, she's the one with all the herbal remedies um, that kind of deals in in that part of the business. Adelaide's job is a little different. Yes, because Eleanor is raised in a cabin in probably more like upstate New York where she's taught all the herbs and what they do. And then Adelaide was a fortune teller for a sideshow who does actually have power she's she has not, the site yeah she has mm-hmm. the site she's not a phony she's not a fraud and they team up together when eleanor takes care of adelaide because mm-hmm. adelaide is attacked yes and then we have uh, beatrice enters the scene yeah she's 17 from again a small town upstate new york mm-hmm. she lives with her aunt she lives with her aunt because she is orphaned mm-hmm. which is explained very quickly mm-hmm. um and she want, she loves recording the weird things she sees in, in the newspaper. She reads books about the oddities of the world. And she just wants to be a part of it. Yeah. 
and she decides to go and apply for this job. Yes, Adeline puts an ad in the paper to, for a tea girl. Mm -hmm. And she decides to apply. And then uh, her journey there is fairly interesting. Yes, she comes across some very ancient magic. Mm -hmm. And almost immediately after she encounters it, weird things start happening. Yep. And, and they stay weird and they get weirder. Yes. And she attracts some very unwanted attention of the supernatural sort. Yes. But she eventually does arrive in New York City. Yes, she apprentices does. Apprentices to them. She apprentices so. to them. Um, they end up working with a scientist who wants to prove the supernatural through scientific means, Dr. Brody. And he's a very sweet man. He is a war veteran who wants to help these women because they can also prove what he believes because they'll let him record them scientifically. Yeah. And so he's, he's kind of a, a good sidekick. Uh, there are some very big villains in this book as well. Yes. And I think the big, big villain is a demon, mm -hmm. but he's not actually in this book that much because he has pawns and mm -hmm. honestly, his pawns are just disgusting. Yeah. And they do, they do his work for him. One of those is a reverend. So of course we're like, we're 200 years after Salem. Um, and of course this is New York, not Massachusetts, but there's a reverend who um, kind of wishes he would have been around during the witch trials. I he's think he's descended from a reverend who was around during the witch yeah. trials. And so he's he's very he really really hates these women. Yes, so. he hates these women. He hates most women. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. if you aren't a member of his church, you're you're a problem. Yeah, he's he's got uh, real issues with um, women. Period and. Uh, as we come to find out, uh, he's, it's not just these women that he's targeting. He's, it's pretty dark what he's been up to. He's so. a, I'm sorry. This guy by today's standards would have been a serial killer. He's oh. a monster. Yeah, he is a monster. And unfortunately when, when Beatrice arrives, you know, she's very gifted. They start figuring out that she is more gifted than initially they thought and she starts attracting all sorts of unwanted attention including that of the reverend yes so. and then there's also um cecil newland he's mm -hmm. a minor villain but he's still just a horrible person yeah he's just a he's just like a thorn in their side yes but he tries to be worse than he is but they figure him out yeah so so there's some you know there's some bad guys there's uh I don't know. It's it's quite an adventurous story. It's a great I mean, book. It's it's very fast paced, uh, so I think it's it's really enjoyable. It's it's very witchy, but it is not anything that you know will keep you up at night. It's not horror. Absolutely not. Oh horror. no! It's it's just a witchy book. It's so. a supernatural. I'd say it's a thriller. It's very mm -hmm. fast paced. Mm -hmm. It's not horror. It's mm -hmm. not gothic. It's mm -hmm. a great book. Yeah, yeah. But it's not gothic, but it is witchy. Yes. So. And it's it's very entertaining. I keep waiting for the sequel. Yes, because she set it up for a sequel. Yeah, it's it's very much set up. She did a novella uh, that we will also link in the show notes. And that was um, set at Christmas, but it's very slim. And and I have not read it. I plan on reading it there, around Christmas. There is no, there's been no full-fledged you know, sequel, so I'm not sure what happened there. But you read it and you think, well, there's going to be another one. And... There's She's not. got all the moving parts. She's even got a villain set up for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. It's all there. 
And then there's also whispers of a Netflix series based mm-hmm. off the book, but you need more than one book if you want more than one season. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's something in the works there. But I say it's, that, but Haunting of Hill House has like five seasons on Netflix. Yeah. Well, they completely changed the storyline on that though. True. So, you know, it's like a family that moves into a house, which was certainly not the case in Hill House. So go back to that episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go back and we, we talk about Hill House a couple episodes ago. Um, but it's great for this time of year. It's the perfect pre-Halloween book. So yes. Spooky season book. And the audiobook is also very good. It's read mm-hmm. by a woman. She does very good accents mm-hmm. and she has very distinct voices for each person. Her mm-hmm. voice for Eleanor is great. It's a little harder, you notice, when it comes to the men. They all mm-hmm. sound a little bit the same. But yeah. for every woman, mm-hmm. she has a distinct, different voice. And her light French accent for Eleanor is perfect. Oh, okay. All right. So... Uh, what are you talking about this week? This week, I have American Sherlock by Kate Winkler Dawson. Um, she has another book, but this is the one I have read. I read this on vacation. Um, Kate Winkler Dawson, you might know, has the Tenfold More Wicked podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's not an anchor podcast. It's um, through the same people that do My Favorite Murder. Yes. So you know that one. The Exactly Right Network. Yes. Thank you. Um, and this is a book about Edward Oscar Heinrich. Um, Heinrich was called the American Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. which he did not like because he said Holmes was too deductive and not scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also called the father of forensic science because he actually pioneered lots of the methods we use today mm-hmm. from getting fingerprints and comparing fingerprints mm-hmm to all handwriting analysis. Mm-hmm. He was one of the leaders on a lot of it. He became particularly famous in the Fatty Arbuckle trial mm-hmm. where Arbuckle was on trial for murder. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it ruined his career. Ruined whose career? Fatty Arbuckle. Oh, okay. It ruined his career. Mm-hmm. But it did not do any favors to Heinrichs either because he was so scientific that the juries had issues with him. Mm-hmm. And Arbuckle, I think there was a mistrial. Mm-hmm. And Heinrich was just disgusted with the jury he said they were too stupid to understand his brilliance oh (laughs) ouch yeah he was just like that he was kind of a snot Mm -hmm. he knew he was very intelligent and if you even if you didn't understand it you were expected to believe him is kind of how he ran Mm -hmm. and he was a workaholic he worked till he died because as it talks about in the book he was left to provide for his whole family Mm -hmm. and he hated being poor oh so he does everything in his power to have money and that just comes to working like way too many cases at once because he was hired by the police department he was not a member of the Mm -hmm. police department so he'd have to take on cases all over the country even all over the world to pay Mm -hmm. the bills Mm. because he was never satisfied with what he had huh wow that's kind of sad yeah he Mm -hmm. For as brilliant as he was, he honestly just kind of led a depressing life because of that and how he raised his sons to be just like him. It's a brilliant, he was a brilliant man. The book is phenomenal. She goes over a lot of his high cases Mm -hmm. and the cases that brought him into notoriety. But he honestly, I feel, was a sad little man. Well, and sometimes you, you find that out. Sometimes you see that reflected in fiction where you have like this great detective, but who's kind of a disappointing person. Yeah. So... But well, interesting, interesting, and that is so. That is nonfiction. That is nonfiction, mm-hmm. and she does historical true crime, as Kate mm-hmm. Winkler Dawson's yes. thing. Yeah. 
So, well, excellent. And so, her podcast is also phenomenal, just to plug it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and once again, the name of the podcast is? Tenfold More Wicked. And we will link to that in the show notes. Yes. Then what are you currently reading? Uh, currently, I'm continuing with the witchy theme, and I just finished Cackle by Rachel Harrison. And Rachel Harrison, her debut novel was The Return, which was horror, and that was definitely horror. Um, is that the one you said I can't read if I travel for work and I stay in a hotel? Yes, that's not. You should never read The Return and stay in a hotel that night because you're not going to sleep at all. But it's it's very well done. So I was very excited to read her second book, Cackle. And that, as you can probably tell, is a witchy story. Uh, someone said it was actually cozy horror, which I don't think is a thing. And I read it. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it, it is a witchy novel. It's not cozy horror, whatever that is. There's nothing. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing scary in here. I mean, it's really not a book that's going to keep you up at night. There's really nothing unsettling with one exception. If you have a fear, and this is like, like a serious fear of spiders, you may want to give this one a pass. Okay. From zero to my fear of spiders, what are we talking here? Um, well, I mean, you you don't have like arachnophobia. I scream and I throw books at them. Textbooks. Yeah. Let well, me be clear. Okay. When I had when I was getting my master's, there was a big spider in my bathroom mm -hmm. and the statistics book was used as a weapon. Okay. <laughs> so uh, well, you might not want to read this then. Uh there are it's it's fairly spidery. Based on Death's first spiders, what are we talking? He could read it fine, <laughs> but um, maybe he used to make you kill the spiders. Maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should not read this one. I don't know because that—that's really the only thing. But our our main character is Annie, and she is a thirty-something-year-old, and she's left New York City, where she has lived ever since college, and she's a teacher, and she moves to this, um unbelievably perfect town in upstate New York. The fun thing about Cackle is, is that it kind of pokes fun at itself. It's a little bit tongue in cheek. So when you're reading about everything is just a little too perfect because I'm reading it and I'm imagining it like a Hallmark movie, you know, how oh. everything's that perfect, small town, perfect. That's what this is like. And she's just like, but it's a little too perfect, isn't it? Everything is just too perfect. The people are too friendly. It's a little bit odd. And so she's, Rachel Harrison is kind of poking fun at that, but that is nonetheless the setting. And of course the town's name is Rowan. So, you know, very witchy connections there. But eventually Annie meets Sophie. And Sophie is this very glamorous woman who seems to know everybody and she's wonderfully friendly. And then Annie starts to notice that everyone in town knows her and respects her, but they're a little bit afraid of Sophie. And that is what the entire town is like. They're all a little bit scared of her. So, but she's just this remarkable person and she knows how to do all of these things. So it's like, well, could she possibly be a witch but those aren't real so it kind of goes from there ah. and it's there's a lot of it that's just funny it's very darkly humorous i mean there's this is not horror because there's way too much in here that is just funny 
<laughs> I mean, it, there's parts that are funny. It's parts that are silly. So if you're looking for a witchy novel that does not take itself too seriously, uh, this would be a good one. And I have to say the cover is gorgeous. It is a spider web. Um, and this is printed, you know, it's like, this is, this is the print of the China cup, it's spider webs with a spider on it. It's gorgeous. It is very pretty. So yeah, that's Cackle by Rachel Harrison. What are you reading? Well, I am reading a book that you previously put on our Instagram, The Last House on Needless Street by, oh boy. Catriona. Catriona Ward. Mm -hmm. um, and this, honestly, this cover looks like it could be on the cover of a horror movie. Mm -hmm. This is horror. This is horror, except I'm only about 30 pages in. Mm -hmm. And right now it's just annoying because I can't figure out what is going on. Yeah. But, um... I mean, I'm expecting some horror when Stephen King calls it a nerve shredder on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and what and I have read this, and you know what it what is nerve shredding about it is that it does keep you on pins and needles because you don't know who to believe and what's real and what's not, and it's it's very yet you're always going to be questioning what's happening from the first thirty pages. The cat is weird. And the cat is a narrator yes. and the cat is weird. Um, and I think, and like I said, I'm 30 pages in and like you said, I'm not going to know what's going on. Mm -mm. I feel like the human narrator um, loses track of time very easily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a main thing in this book is mm -hmm. does he know where he's been mm -hmm. lately? Yeah. And there are more than one human narrators. You might not have gotten to them yet, but they do show up. The cat's owner is mm -hmm. who I'm referring yes. to then. Ted. Ted, yes. Yes. And the cat doesn't really know the difference between humans, so she calls mm -hmm. them all Ted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite uh, – it. yeah, I was very much wondering when I got to it. I was like, what is going on? And then you read it and you think, oh, my God, what did I just read? So, yeah, that one is um, – it's very suspenseful. Yes. Um, I think that's it for this witchy I, episode. I think so. Uh, we do have, uh, we'll have one more coming out in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to do a special. Yes. On Halloween. We're going to have a special Halloween episode drop. And we're not going to tell you what it's about yet. Uh, we also did have a mini-sode uh, drop this week. We did an update on the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Yes. So be sure to go back and listen to that if you missed it. Yep. Uh, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And make sure to share us with your friends. If they are villain lovers, witch lovers, vampire lovers, make sure to send them our way. And uh, you can please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that does help other people find us. We are on Instagram at Proper Villains Books, Facebook at Proper Villains Books, and we have email now, propervillainsbooks at gmail.com. So if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, drop us a line there. All right, we'll see you back in two weeks with another episode of Witches. Okay.